Hello and welcome to the Lancet Psychiatry podcast. I'm Hannah Cagney, a senior editor at Lancet Psychiatry. Today we're talking about smoking and its relationship with mental illness, specifically psychosis. We know that the prevalence of smoking in people with mental health problems is very high in both community and secondary mental health settings. And despite success in reducing tobacco use in the general population, smoking rates have hardly budged among people with severe mental illness in the past 20 years. There have been lots of efforts to see what works in smoking cessation, but now we're starting to see interest in a potential causative role of tobacco in mental disorders such as psychosis. However, although this theory is compelling, it's very difficult to unpick the association. Today, we're discussing a paper that tries to drill down to assess whether cigarette smoking might be a risk factor for psychosis. I'm delighted to be joined in our London office by two of its authors, Samir Jauhar and James McCabe from King's College London. Samir and James, welcome to the Lancet Psychiatry podcast. Could you introduce yourselves to our listeners? Hi there, I'm Samir Johar. I work as a psychiatrist at the Maudsley Hospital and I'm in the final year of doing a thesis on pet imaging and psychosis. And I'm James McCabe. I'm a senior lecturer in psychiatric epidemiology at uh, the Institute of Psychiatry, Psychology and Neuroscience, King's College London. Lovely to meet you both. The article we're discussing today is a meta-analysis looking at the link between cigarette smoking and onset of first episode psychosis. The first question to ask, I suppose, is why do this study? Well, I suppose we both both got interested in this question from different angles. Um, In one sense, it's been staring us in the face for for many years because we've been uh, observing that there's an increased rate of uh, cigarette smoking among people with schizophrenia and other psychotic disorders uh, for many years. But we've really just been putting that down to perhaps people are self-medicating, they're smoking in order to alleviate the distress of having symptoms or possibly to alleviate the, uh, the problems of the, the side effects of antipsychotic drugs. I suppose the time it first struck me really that there might be an association here was when I was uh, doing a study um, a few years back uh, in the Netherlands where we were looking at a cross-sectional study of students and we were actually interested primarily in cannabis and the impact of cannabis on psychotic symptoms. And this is just in the general population, so these are not people with psychosis. And what we found was that, uh, yes, there was an association between smoking cannabis and psychotic symptoms, but there was actually an even stronger association uh, with uh, cigarette smoking and psychotic symptoms. And when we looked at the two factors uh, uh, at the same time, adjusting them for one another, um, it was the cigarette smoking that uh, seemed to be more strongly associated with, uh, with uh, psychotic symptoms. Um, uh, and in fact, the, when we controlled for cigarette smoking, the cannabis finding um, disappeared. So that got me interested. In, and, then, and then I um, got talking to Samir about it, and he had his own experiences uh, of this question. Oh, absolutely. We'd previously looked at the relationship between smoking and psychotic symptoms. And we'd published on that in the British Journal of Psychiatry a few years ago. And we'd found a relationship between nicotine dependence and increased positive symptoms of psychosis. And as a psychiatrist, it's always something you think about because you always see patients with psychotic illnesses smoking. People generally put it down to self-medication. And when you look through the way that 
people who've examined psychosis over the years, and if you're at the Institute of Psychiatry, you look at Robin Murray's work in cannabis and psychosis, and you look at the original studies where they looked at risk, etc., associated with cannabis and the onset of psychosis. And we, as James says, we met after a, a meeting in our department and just had a conversation about this. And then we thought, well, why not look at the literature and see what's out there? Look at the literature pertaining to cannabis and see how many times they looked at tobacco smoking. And let's just examine it further. So it was actually quite quite a fun idea. Well, we, we've known for a long time about the association between tobacco use and other diseases, such as lung disease or heart disease. Why has it taken so long for us to start looking at um, psychiatric disorders and psychiatric outcomes such as psychosis? Yeah, that's a very good question. And in fact, that's a question that we've been asking ourselves, really. Why, why didn't we think of this before? And why, why have we been daring this, this, this question, really, in the face, as I said earlier? Um, I think possibly it's because the physical health problems of smoking are so obvious and they're so clear and put so much emphasis on those that we almost forgot to think about uh, whether they might actually have an impact on mental health. I think this question has been looked at a little bit more in relation to depression and there is some evidence that uh, people who um, have depression are more likely to smoke and that's not what we've addressed uh, in this study. But uh, the question of whether it's um, associated with psychosis um, is something that hasn't really been looked into very much. I've got very little to add to that. I think the important thing was systematically looking at the literature to see what was out there and that's what struck us. And we just, when we asked that question in the Mosley Canteen, you know, what proportion of people that they looked at with cannabis and psychosis have they looked at tobacco and psychosis with? Okay, so to return to the paper, what were you trying to achieve through this meta-analysis? I think what we were trying to achieve was just to examine what evidence exists. Because I guess that's what a meta-analysis or a good review is. It just gives you a snapshot of what what's out there. Specifically, we wanted to look at risk of psychosis associated with cigarette smoking in people over the longer course of time. We wanted to examine which proportion of people presenting with their first episode are smoking on a daily basis. And then the more nuanced questions would be, is the age of onset psychosis decreased in people who are smoking daily? And in people with established psychosis, do they smoke at an earlier age? So essentially, what we wanted to do was, again, taking our example from the cannabis field, and we don't apologize for that, but really taking that literature and examining it to the same degree with tobacco smoking. So if there is this association between tobacco smoking and psychosis, how do you untangle it from other factors related to psychosis onset, such as socioeconomic context or indeed cannabis smoking? Good question. I think you have to, well, it's one of the strengths and one of the weaknesses of meta-analysis. What, you know, what's it there for? It's to pinpoint what we know and what we don't know. And as yet, we do not have a good enough literature pertaining to those factors. You can't account for those in any models. And part of the reason we sort of wrote the paper and did the discussion along the Bradford Hill criteria was to say, well, how can you talk about causality? What is out there? And that was the main point of the study. 
um, specifically in relation to your questions. Uh, from the studies and the, the data that we have, we were not able to adjust for different factors and we thought we would just leave it to the readers. Um, we will give the unadjusted risks and let people extrapolate from there. And the hope would be that people conduct or look at their data on longitudinal studies, looking at these risk factors and accounting for them in various statistical models, as people have done in epidemiology for the last 50 years. So what were the results that you found in your analysis? So in terms of risk of developing psychosis, and in the studies that we examined, the outcome was actually schizophrenia. The risk was just above two in the six samples from the five studies. In terms of the prevalence of smoking in people who presented with their first episode of illness, it was just about 50%. The age of onset of psychosis was younger in people who were daily smokers. And in people with established uh, psychosis, they were more likely to start at a younger age. Uh, the numbers for the last two weren't greatly increased, but they're still there. Um, so, on to the next question. In the paper, you suggest that the evidence available so far, together with your meta-analysis findings, calls into question this self-medication hypothesis about why patients with psychosis smoke more, and that's something that you've both touched on. Can you explain, first of all, what is self-medication and then how this relates to your findings? Yes, well, the self-medication hypothesis, as the name suggests, is that uh, when people develop uh, symptoms of uh, psychosis or possibly in responses to the treatments that, uh, that they're taking, they smoke in order to alleviate those things. Now, if that was the case, you would expect uh, that when people had their first onset of psychosis, they would have relatively normal sort of population levels of smoking rates, and that their smoking uh, would increase as they, uh, as they develop the illness. But what actually we found in our, in our meta-analysis was, uh, was that at the point of onset of psychosis, or at least at the point when uh, people come to the attention of mental health services, um, they're already um, having higher rates of smoking than the rest of the population. Um, and so when we looked at first episode studies, we found that people who enter first episode, a first episode of psychosis are about three times more likely to be smokers than the general populations that those studies were drawn from. And, and what's really interesting about it is actually some of the recent clinical trials that have been done with drugs working on the nicotinic receptors to apparently improve negative symptoms or cognitive symptoms of psychotic illness have been negative. So, you know, there's some biological plausibility to the fact that the self-medication hypothesis might be wrong, actually. So what do you think, then, is the driver behind these high smoking rates in psychosis patients? That's a good question. I would say it's difficult to tell from our meta-analysis. You know, you could postulate that there's a shared vulnerability to psychotic illness in someone smoking, but the driver for them to start is probably going to be a mixture, like almost every risk factor for psychotic illness, of social, cultural, biological risk factors all interacting together. Um, and I don't think we could go any further in terms of pinpointing things. You know, we could look at, as we've done in the paper, we've postulated some biological mechanisms, but 
in terms of being categorical, in terms of how they all interact, it would be difficult. Um, if I was to expand on the biological mechanisms, I think any mechanism that talks about risk factors for psychotic illness has to take into account the dopamine system. And we've given a couple of reasons why we think the dopamine system might be implicated. The hypothesis being that there's increased release of dopamine in the ventral striatum in people with psychotic illness. And we've just given some evidence that there's an increased release of dopamine in the ventral striatum in PET study, people with nicotine. And the other biological evidence is the genetic evidence. Um, people will be well acquainted with the biggest uh, GWAS study last year in Nature. And a couple of the genes that came up in that analysis are for nicotine dependence and smoking behaviour. So there's there's a fair there's enough there for you to think about it at least. So in the future, what sort of research do you think will nail down this association between cigarette smoking and psychosis? I think as in when everyone's looking at every risk factor, you want large longitudinal prospective studies where people have factored in different risk factors. They've looked at the epidemiolo epidemiological level, you'd want that. So in terms of biological research, I think it would be systematically looking at biological risk factors for psychotic illness. And the best methods that we've got at the moment are probably PET imaging and genetic studies, just as we have done for the last five to ten years but specifically looking at nicotine and psychotic illness. So finally, to bring it back, I'd like to ask, what would a clinician take away from this study? For example, do you think the evidence is strong enough for a general practitioner or psychiatrist to advise patients to cut down on their smoking to avoid psychosis beyond the other harmful effects of smoking? So I think the first thing to say is that we would never issue public health advice on the basis of a single study. We would need to have um, a, a much greater evidence base in order to do that. But uh, as regards the risks of smoking, I think by far the greatest risks and the ones that really we should be focusing on are the, are the risks to physical health. Uh, there's very strong evidence of uh, increased risks of lung cancer and cardiovascular disease uh, with, uh, with smoking. Uh, and if for any reason that wasn't enough to persuade somebody not to start smoking or to stop smoking, then, uh, then I think our findings just add uh, one other um, risk that you're exposing yourself to if you smoke cigarettes. Um, just to put the, the size of the effect that we're talking about into some context, uh, the risk of developing schizophrenia um, is, a, is less than 1%. So uh, a doubling or a tripling of that still only brings you up to a, a rate of about 2 or 3%. Um, so it's not a massive risk. So people who currently smoke now shouldn't be terribly worried that they're about to develop psychosis. They should be much more concerned about the long-term impact that it's having on their physical health and on their mental health. I think it's, as James says, it's more of a public health sort of way of thinking than at the individual clinician, the individual patient perspective. But um, I don't think anyone can say that smoking is a good thing for anyone who's starting it at a young age now. Well, Samir, James, thank you so much for helping us to explore this very interesting and potentially important topic. 
If you'd like to voice your thoughts on cigarette smoking and psychosis, you can submit to us a correspondence letter, or even better, tweet us at The Lancet Psych. But for now, I'd like to say thank you to Samir and James for joining us here in The Lancet Psychiatry Studio, and thank you to our listeners as well for downloading the podcast. I hope you'll join us again next time, but for now, goodbye. <laughs>